When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. This is your inside source to Hokie Sports. The Hokie Sports Insider. Let's go! Time to catch up on everything happening in Hokie Nation with your host, Evan Hughes. Hello, Tech fans, and welcome back to another edition of the Hokie Sports Insider Podcast, coming to you each and every Wednesday across Hokie Pod. Thanks so much for making time for us as we continue to break down and talk about all the great things going on in Virginia Tech Athletics. My name is Evan Hughes, proud host of the Hokie Sports Insider Podcast, welcoming you back to what is going to be yet another jam-packed show because there's just so much good to talk about in Hokie Nation right now. Starting with Virginia Tech football, another win at home at Lane Stadium. Hokies are now ranked 15th in the country. What a big one they have this weekend against West Virginia. And we'll get you prepared for that game throughout the week right here on Hokie Pod. How about Virginia Tech volleyball? A program we'll focus on a lot today. Two wins this past weekend. Hokies are now 7-2 and two on the year. And Virginia Tech women's soccer coming off of one of its biggest weeks of the year. Two key non-conference wins over then unbeaten Villanova and then number 12 South Carolina in Columbia. Of course, each and every Hokie Sports Insider podcast is proudly presented by Main Street Pharmacy and Smithfield. Our two guests today, two great Hokies who you are going to love to hear from. Pleased to be joined by head coach of Virginia Tech Volleyball, Marcy Byers, for the second time in the last month to talk about the 7-2 and two start for Virginia Tech. And a little bit later, we'll be joined by senior middle blocker, Angel Robinson of Virginia Tech Volleyball. Again, so glad you're with us. Thanks for making time for us this week on Hokie Sports Insider Podcast. And we'll step aside for our first break of the show. But when we come back, my conversation with head coach of Virginia Tech Volleyball, Marcy Byers, to talk about the 7-2 and two start, talk about the great production she's getting from the setter position. We also talk about how the Hokies are 4-1 and one in five set matches this year. A great statistic. My conversation with Coach Byers coming up straight ahead on this week's edition of the Hokie Sports Insider Podcast. You're on the inside. More Hokie Sports Insider is next. 
When you support Main Street Pharmacy, you also support your Virginia Tech Hokies. Main Street Pharmacy is locally owned in Blacksburg by a proud Hokie alum. We have quick, superior service. We save people money, and we have free delivery to the Virginia Tech campus, Blacksburg, and Christiansburg. Our patients are our family, and we invite you to join us today. Transferring prescriptions is easy. Visit msblacksburg.com or call us at 540-605-7721, and we'll take care of everything. Main Street Pharmacy. We treat you like a neighbor, not a number. Time for the Hokie Insider of the Week. This is the Hokie Sports Insider. Welcome back inside another edition of the Hokie Sports Insider Podcast. Great to have all of you with us. Evan Hughes, pleased to be joined alongside again for the second time in the last month, head coach of Virginia Tech Volleyball, Coach Marcy Byers. Coach, it's great to have you here. And last time we talked, you guys were leading up to your first tournament of the year. You're now 7-2 and two through nine matches. How do you feel about your team a couple of weeks in? Um, I think we're, you know, have found out, you know, what works, what doesn't work. Um, I think we're still trying to, you know, kind of figure that out. But it was nice to kind of hit the last tournament at Chattanooga with two wins and, um, you know, the last one being pretty convincing. So it, it was good. It was a good end to that tournament. So we'll, we'll just keep pushing forward. Yeah, shout out the last uh, win that you guys had against Tennessee Tech. That's got to feel good, right, coming home after a 3-0 win? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's always easier to do that than it is to battle with five like we've been doing this year, seems like. But, um, yeah, it was great. The kids performed really well, um, really got locked in for that performance, and it was one of our best of the year. You guys have won uh, majority of matches. You've been in these. You swept the Hokie Invitational a couple of weeks ago. Won two down in Florida. Won two this past weekend. But I'm curious. This past weekend, you guys dropped your opening match against Troy. How proud were you of the resilience of the group to come back and get two consecutive wins? Yeah, I mean, it was it was great. I mean, you know, obviously we were all disappointed Friday night. We thought we didn't play, you know, up to par on Friday. Um, and then talking, you know, to the staff and trying to figure out, you know, some things, how we we're going to do some things differently and just talking to the kids. I felt like they, you know, came out on Saturday. Um, even though we had to go five with Chattanooga, I think they did a really good job of, you know, kind of forgetting about set number three and then just moving forward. So after the set number three, we actually ended up winning five sets in a row. So that was a good thing for us. What a great weekend for Mara Perry setting for you guys. Uh, what did you see from her at the setter position and what kind of weekend did she have? Yeah, I mean, you know, she's just such a fiery kid and she leads us just with her energy and everything like that. And so it's always kind of important to have her on the floor um, just so that we can just have that, you know, no matter what's going on, let's stay, you know, on top of things and that's like not get down and things like that. And she does a really good job with that and then kind of stabilizing our offense. So it's it's really good to have her out there. Last time you were on the podcast, we talked about the depth that you have at the setter position. And a couple of weeks in, I've got the numbers in front of me. Mara's got 145 assists. Bree's got 115. And Tal Jackson's over 100. So uh, you, you've got your options there, et cetera. What can you say about that individual position group right now? Yeah, I mean, it has been very good to have that kind of luxury because we've had to kind of bounce in and out of some things. We've been in a 5-2. We've been in a 6-2. We've been in a 5-1 um, just because of, you know, some rotations and some things like that and some substitution things. So it's been nice to kind of have that flexibility. But you know, right now that's, you know, what it looks like. It looks like Mara has been kind of the stabilizer in that position. And then we've been able to kind of go back and forth between Bree and Talon. And it's been nice to be able to have those. Coach, what a great start to the year Angel Robinson has had. She's leading your team in blocks. She's third on the team in kills. What can you say about the kind of start she's had to her senior season? I mean, she's been great, right? Like, I mean, you know, we got here last year. It was kind of like, all right, Angel, you can be all ACC if you want to be all ACC. And, you know, I'm sure she didn't really believe that in the beginning. But, you know, she's done a really good job in the last 18, 20 months of just kind of being a different person for us. You know what I mean? A different kid that we can push and drive. And she's been a really constant leader for us as well. So um, I don't think she would have said any of those things, you know, as a sophomore or anybody would have said any of those things, maybe even about her as a sophomore um but we're sure glad that she's you know doing what she's doing for us right now so 
What can you say about Greer Hughes? We talked about her and the talent she had coming into this year, but it feels like Coach over the last couple of weeks, she's really started to turn it on offensively. Yeah, she's getting a lot more comfortable, you know, and the things that we're doing, we're getting a chance to see that kid that, you know, wowed us all on film a lot of times when she's doing that. Um, you know, she's kind of trying to work her way into being a six rotation kid for us as well. So that's going, you know, pretty well. But, you know, it's been good to coach her, you know what I mean? She's a grad, so she's been around, you know, she's got some things to her that, you know, it's like, all right, come on, G, you got to work through this. And, you know, I feel like she trusts us as a staff, and that's the reason why we've been able to kind of, you know, move through some things with her. So another newcomer who's really impressing is Tasha Vipond. And I want to make sure I get this right before we talk about her performance this year, because I was doing some research on her and she was a college basketball player at Lafayette College. How did you come to recruit her and get her to play volleyball? Yeah, so she played four years at Lafayette. It, I actually wish I can say anything about it, but she was already coming here before I got hired. So she had spoken with previous staff. She had spoken with Coach Waz, um, and then I got hired in late January. Spoke with her a little bit, knew her background. I knew that she had played in Iowa. Iowa is a pretty rich volleyball state, just in general. She had won, I think, some state championships in there from volleyball and basketball. Um, and so it was like, okay, we get to add depth in the middle. Like, let's bring her on. Um, and then COVID happened and we get to have her for two years. So it was actually the best of both worlds because, you know, she was trying to get back into volleyball last year and it was a little rough going. She hadn't done it in four years. And now that she's actually gotten an additional year, this is the reason why you're seeing a lot of the growth from her um, because we ended up getting that additional year with COVID. So it's been good. Yeah, we talked about in the last podcast, your husband coaching basketball at VCU. She's a basketball background, so kind of the best of both worlds. You guys both coach her in different sports. Yeah, absolutely. There's no question about that. So, yeah. But then her performance this year, I mean, especially that opening weekend, it felt like she really made a statement in the middle. How would you describe her first full normal year in Blacksburg thus far? Yeah, I mean, so far she's been great, right? Like opening weekend, she was really good. I mean, she's so fast off the floor. Arm is really fast, and she's just got a lot of energy as well. I mean, she's always running. Like her motor runs super hot, right? So, you know, just trying to get her to kind of channel that is the big thing, you know, for us. Um, And it's a work in progress, too. You know, you just don't hop into college volleyball at this level after being off for so long and just, you know, get inserted there. But she's really worked hard to do and to be where she is right now so we just got to continue to keep her keep her focused and working coach a couple of weeks ago we had marissa circo on the podcast mm-hmm. and when i asked her about her final year coming back she used the term it's unfinished business that she wasn't coming back just to come back that she had something to prove this year she's near the top in a lot of statistical categories for you guys offensively as well as blocking what have you seen from riz so far this year in her final year yeah, I mean, you know, again, because we're trying to be in a 6-2, it's nice to be able to kind of have that. She's been here, um, you know, and that's kind of the nice thing about having some old kids or older kids on the floor and some young kids on the floor. We've had a little bit of stability there. They know what we want. They know the language that we're talking. So that's been a good thing, you know, for them. But, you know, and I don't think Riz has played her best volleyball yet. Like, I still think that she's got, you know what I mean, a couple more weeks before she can hit her stride. And I'm really, really looking forward to her doing that. So. I feel like it's very easy on broadcasts or these kind of podcasts to talk about the offense and the defense. Forget about the back row, and I want to make sure I give them some love. Your thoughts on the back row a couple of weeks in, led by Logan Mosley or Libro? Yeah, I mean, you know, Logan's been great um, back there digging balls um, for us, and I think we're just trying to be able to figure out exactly who's going to be playing that middle back position, which is, you know, it's good for our depth. So we've got some kids that be kind of running in and out. They're great servers. Um, so that's a good thing. Um, you know, and the service receiving the touch on the ball. So, you know, I'm glad where we are right now, we can still continue to get better. Um, and they want to get better. So we had some time after practice today where we had some, you know, a gap where we finished early and we had some kids stay after and get some defensive reps. And that always makes me feel good as their defensive coach. So, so it's good. I'm sure it also makes you feel good as a coach and your staff when you guys are four and one in five setters this year. Uh, five of your nine matches have gone to fifth sets. You were joking about it a little bit earlier, but is that 
a positive that you guys have played in so many early that you're four and one? How do you describe that early in the year? I mean, I don't really know, right? Like you want to say that is a positive because it means that we keep fighting, but then you're like, oh, we just don't like, you know, put people away. Um, but, you know, we would much rather be four and one in those five setters than one and four in those five setters. So we'll take that any day of the week. You know, especially down in the Florida tournament a couple weeks ago, you guys came back, I believe two down against Georgia State. And then the Davidson one was, a, I mean, it was all three. You must have been holding your breath. I mean, that was a three thrillers you guys played in. Yeah, that was worth three thrillers. Um, again, we wish they weren't as tight as they were, but, you know, it, playing volleyball and getting a chance to really get comfortable on the court and doing some things, I think, is what's, you know, helping us kind of be able to push forward and know, you know, what we want to do and who we are and things like that. So um, you can see, you know, a silver lining out of that, you know, either either way. But again, I think the biggest thing is that we are four and one on those right now. So that's a good thing. And again, we let off talking about a sweep. You guys are coming off of 3-0, not a five-setter against Tennessee Tech. A uh, great win last weekend. I think I asked you this a couple of weeks ago, and I want to ask you again because it was before the season had started. What has made this group a unique group to coach thus far a couple of weeks into the season in your perspective? Uh, I just think because we're kind of balanced with older kids and younger kids, you know, it's it's kind of half and half as far as that's concerned. Um, and really at the end of the day, and I think I've said this before, you know, even the kids that have been here, they're really only truly sophomores for us in our, in our system. So, you know, they've kind of had to jump forward a little bit and then kind of be able to bring some of those younger kids along. And it's a work in progress every single day. But I think that's probably what the, has been the most unique thing about this group is that we're kind of split down the middle there what are you most looking forward to about being back at home this weekend in front of Hokie Nation um, for the crowd and the fans to be there, I think they were awesome um, when we were in town for opening weekend. I know that Toledo match, we definitely fed off of their energy. Um, so we're hoping to be able to get them back out here to support us, um, knowing that we're seven and two right now. And we can, you know, we could use them to, you know, to give us some life and give us some energy. So it'd be awesome if they can come out. Correct me if I'm wrong, Coach, but I think being a spectator for volleyball compared to any other sport is the most exciting because you're, cause you're constantly engaged. Every point can make a difference in terms of feeding off of energy, right? Yeah, I mean, every point and every touch on the ball too, right? I mean, like it's everything about volleyball that's just so electric a lot of times. And when you get a lot of fans in the in the stands and, you know, you put a good product out there, it's one of the best feelings in the world, especially for the kids. And I know it is um, for them. So, yeah, Hokie Nation is, is important to us big time. And what are you hoping to see out of your team this weekend, improving upon from last weekend? You know, I want us to be able to build, you know, on our last match, know that, you know, we can actually get on top of a team and be able to finish. And even when we've got some pushback to be able to stay together um, and stay energized and stay up. So... All right, Coach, I know you've got uh, things to get to today, and you guys just wrapped up with practice, but I thought we'd have a couple of fun questions to close our interview here on the Hokie Sports Insider Podcast. You've been in the New River Valley a couple of years, been in Blacksburg now for uh, coming up on two years. Do you have a favorite spot to eat in Blacksburg yet? Oh, man, in Blacksburg? Oh, Maybe Avellino's. Yeah, we've done that a couple of times as a family, and I know we did it a lot during preseason, so um, Avellino's is pretty good. Uh that's a great spot. I agree with that. You have a daughter, Cameron Gray, and I want—I did not bring her up on the last podcast. I want to make sure I mentioned her uh, today. How old is she? She actually turned two and a half today. So yeah, she's two and a half as of as of today. So. Yeah. So, what sport are you hoping she plays? Are you going to let her pick, or is volleyball going to be the sport? I'm going to let her pick, but I'm going to tell her no outdoor sports. So <laughs> I don't know if that's really picking. Um, I'm not sure right now. She likes to jump around. She likes to dance. She thinks she's a coach. So I'm not really sure what she's going to do. I just think she's going to be a boss of it, whatever she decides to do. So Hey, she's got coaching in her blood, right? I mean. <laughs> yeah, her DNA is is pretty pretty stacked with coaching. So, yeah. All right, final one for you, Coach, before I let you get out of here. I'm curious – what was your first Enter Sandman experience like? I don't know if it was this year or previous ones, but can you remember your first one just being amazed at what that scene was like? I actually haven't had one. So we weren't, yeah, I've never been to a, um, a tech football game when we were actually, I was actually in the stands. Um, we were here about four or five years ago playing Virginia Tech, and they actually were playing a home game on a Saturday. We were in a tournament, so we got a chance to see it from, you know, from outside looking in. But I, I actually haven't been to one yet. 
yet. So I've seen all the videos and I've heard all about it. Um, obviously, I saw what it looked like, you know, last weekend, um, you know, for that big, huge win that we had. So I'm excited to be able to get there whenever I can. A- any idea when that experience might come for you? Is it, will the schedule align or are you guys go, go, go the next couple of Saturdays? No, I know there's going to be a couple of games that align. I actually don't even know which one. Maybe U of R might be the next time that we're in town for that. Um, so I already have my tickets and, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to feel it. So. So that just means we're going to have to have you back on in a couple of weeks to not only talk about the more wins you guys are going to have, but your first Enter Sandman experience. So That'd be awesome. (laughs) Well, Coach, congratulations on the great start, 7-2 and on the year. I can't wait for you guys to get back home this weekend. Uh, Thanks for your time, and I know Hokie Nation will be behind you guys. All right, that's awesome. Thank you. If you're a Hokies fan, you've got an appetite for winning. And if you're a Smithfield fan, you've got an appetite for our flavorful hickory smoked bacon and our deliciously versatile anytime favorites ham. As a proud sponsor of Virginia Tech football, we invite you to start every game day with a hearty Smithfield breakfast. It's the protein-packed way to get your morning started and prepare yourself for another victory. Fire up, Hokie Nation. Smithfield, for the love of meat. Welcome back to the Hokie Sports Insider Podcast. Thanks so much for being here with us this week. And hope you enjoyed my conversation there with Coach Byers about the fantastic start for Hokies Volleyball on their 7-2 and two start. We'll have more on that team and what they were able to accomplish this weekend in depth in just a moment as we get you caught up to date with what's going on with fall sports here in Blacksburg over the last week. And how could we not start off by talking about Virginia Tech women's soccer coming off of its best weekend of the season after collecting signature non-conference wins against then-unbeaten Villanova on Thursday and then knocking off then-number-12 South Carolina in Columbia on the road on Sunday. Now, on Thursday against the Wildcats, the Hokies looked fantastic on offense as they scored their second-most goals in a game this season in what was a 5-1 win. Goals were netted by Tori Powell, Emily Gray, Nicole Kozlova, Sophie Maltese, and Ina Warrenen, the freshman who scored her first ever goal as a Virginia Tech Hokies. Congratulations to Ino. And Emma Pelkowski was great in the offense, registering two assists in the win. But then on Sunday, going against one of the best RPIs in the nation in South Carolina, The Hokies notched their best win of the year with a 1-0 victory against one of the best teams in the SEC and one of the best teams in the country in South Carolina. Emily Gray found Nicole Kozlova midway through the first half, and that lone goal was the difference. Rolled across, floated to the back post! What a goal! Gray puts that on a platter! And it's Virginia Tech that takes the lead on the road through Kozlova. And it's against the run of play. South Carolina doing such a good job on the other end, looking to see if they can exploit the space in behind those full backs for Virginia Tech. But then it's Emily Gray, just such a good job of not rushing her attempt, just pulls herself wide, and it's a first-time ball in behind. Great weight on the pass. It just lands right to the foot and a sliding finish to that far post. Excellent finish. A big congratulations in order to Emily Gray of Virginia Tech women's soccer as she made history last week. With a goal against Villanova, she's now tied for 10th for the most goals in a career in Virginia Tech women's soccer history with 22. And then when she assisted on the goal to Nicole Kozlova on Sunday against South Carolina, she is now in fourth place for most assists in a Virginia Tech career in program history. Congratulations to Emily, who will continue to climb up the ranks in both goals scored and assists in Virginia Tech program history as the season continues. Virginia Tech will open up ACC play this Saturday at 7 o'clock at Thompson Field against North Carolina State. A reminder, it's free to attend, and it'll be aired on the ACC Network Extra. Of course, you can stay up to date with the program by following them on Twitter, at HokiesWSoccer. Virginia Tech Volleyball continues to win on the road, as we just talked about with Coach Byers. They're now 7-2 and two on the year through nine matches, also 4-1 and one in five-set matches, which is really, really impressive because 
fifth sets are tough to win, and that is an impressive mark here through the first couple of weeks of the year. This past weekend at the Chattanooga Classic, Hokies took two out of three matches. And following a 3-1 loss to Troy on Friday, I asked Coach Byers about the team's resilience. They really responded after the loss to Troy, knocked off Chattanooga, and then Tennessee Tech on Saturday. Against the Mox, Angel Robinson, who you'll hear from in just a minute on the Hokie Sports Insider podcast, had 11 kills and 6 blocks to lead the way. Then against Tennessee Tech, Greer Hughes had 10 kills. By the way, great weekend for Mara Perry setting. I asked Coach about Virginia Tech having so many options at setter with Mara Perry as well as Talon Jackson. We've seen Bree Postuma. They have options with the different uh, different offenses that they can run against certain teams. Very impressed by Mara Perry and her ability to set this past weekend. So coming up for the Hokies, they have the Hokie Invite inside of Castle Coliseum. Virginia Tech will play George Mason on Friday at noon. Wofford at 7 o'clock, so a doubleheader on Friday. And then they'll finish up with North Carolina A&T at 3 o'clock on Saturday. All matches are free to attend at Castle, and all three of the Hokies matches this weekend will be available on the ACC Network Extra. And you can stay up to date with the program by following them on Twitter they're at Hokies VB. Virginia Tech men's soccer, as we record this podcast, ranked sixth in the nation, dropped their first game of the se- first game of the season this weekend at 24th ranked Duke by a final score of one nil. However, Hokies still a very impressive record. They're two one and two, and they make their home ACC debut this Friday. A big one against Virginia. That'll be on the ACC Network at 7 o'clock. Be sure to tune in, or if you're in the area, make the trip down. It'll be great soccer, a terrific rivalry. Virginia and Virginia Tech this Friday at Thompson Field at 7 o'clock. If you can't make it to the game and you can't follow along on the ACC Network, you can follow Virginia Tech on Twitter at HokiesMSoccer is the handle. Lastly, great week for Virginia Tech cross-country last Friday in the Virginia Tech Alumni Invitational. How about Antonio Lopez-Segura and Ben Fleming finishing top two in the men's 8K while Lindsey Butler continues to have a great start to her season. She took third in the women's 6K. And there were a lot of Virginia Tech alums of the program there, which is always great to see. Hokies are on Twitter at HokiesTFXC if you want to follow along with a cross-country program this year. Well, one of my favorite interviews that we have gotten the chance to do so far on the Hokie Sports Insider is coming up right now with senior middle blocker Angel Robinson of Virginia Tech Volleyball. We talk about the kind of season Virginia Tech's having so far, how Angel is playing this year, and how she really feels like the coaching staff, led by Coach Byers, really pushed her in ways that she didn't know she could be pushed when they arrived. Plus, we talk about how someone from Norman, Oklahoma can wind all the way up in Blacksburg, Virginia, and we even talk about a dirt storm, something that I did not know existed until my conversation with Angel. That's straight ahead on this week's edition of the Hokie Sports Insider Podcast. Angel, thanks so much for being here, and congratulations on such a great start to the season. How are you guys feeling a couple of weeks into the year? Um, I feel like we're we're feeling pretty good about the season. Um, training's been really nice. Weight's been really nice. It's just been a smooth start. How has it been having a normal senior year compared to last year, both on the court and off the court in the classroom? It feels great to be back in the classroom for one. Um, I know a lot of us were kind of tired of Zoom University, what we call it on social media, but also it's just nice being at, like on a team with everybody in practice. Uh, for those for those of you who don't know, last year we had to go in like pods, so uh, we had about maybe six to ten people at practice every day, and we'd rotate around. Um, just because of COVID, we didn't want to have all twenty of us on the court at the same time, so it feels really nice to get involved with everybody on the team. I I used this comparison a couple of weeks ago, and, and tell me if this is true or not. I feel like to use a football analogy, when you guys have pods, I mean it's like a quarterback not being able to throw to his receivers, right? You guys not being able to be on the court together like that was last year and not being able to be out there with your setter all the time, I'm sure that was difficult a year ago. Um, the 
biggest difficulty that we faced was just kind of finding like a mesh or a gel to get everybody together who plays like the same six on the same side, if that makes sense. So to, you know, get comfortable with what your neighbor does and your neighbor to get comfortable with what you do. That was kind of like the hardest part of overcoming that with the pods. All right. So fill in the blank for me here. The most refreshing thing about getting back to normal as a student athlete is what? The most fresh. Okay. I would have to say. I'm not going to lie. I think it's going to be Duncan opening up full time. <laughs> I really love me some Duncan Donuts coffee. <laughs> And that's on campus for those that don't know, correct? Right. It's um, it's in Owens, the food court over there, yeah. So I take it you are a Dunkin' fan over Starbucks in that battle, correct? I think I might be. I think I'm Team Dunkin'. We're talking with Angel Robinson of Virginia Tech Volleyball here on the Hokie Sports Insider Podcast. You know, I, I try to convey this to our listeners because I, I can only imagine what it was like. You mentioned Zoom University is a something that, college was kind of called last year around the country what is what is something you really missed most about being in person and having those lectures in person not being on uh, online um for me it's kind of just a focus thing um i know towards for me personally towards the end of the semester i was kind of like catching myself like cooking breakfast in class and kind of like starting my day while in class so like now like having to make sure i wake up eat and then go to class um, is way better than rolling out of bed five minutes before, because I'm not going to lie. I definitely was the student to hit the snooze button four times and then roll out of bed and log into Zoom. So it's nice being just in the atmosphere to take notes and just like awake and hearing your professor and them kind of going over details that they wouldn't have on Zoom. Angel, 7-2 and two start to the year for you guys off to a terrific start. What is special and unique about this team compared to others that you've been on in your time here at Virginia Tech? Oh, that's a good question. Um, For one, this year we really have a lot of talent coming in um, with 10 new people. It's so nice to see the program grow like this. Um, I think the most special thing about this team this year is we play together. So for the six people that are on the court and the others that are off, it's constant encouragement from your teammates. You're constantly hearing you're good, you're good, like, it's the next ball. Like, I never have – this season I haven't had any trouble finding my confidence with my teammates. They have 110% confidence that I can do my job, and it makes me feel like I can do my job, and I feel like that's why they've pushed me to be a better player for sure. You're off to a great start yourself. You're third on the team in kills. You're leading the team in blocks. How do you think you've improved over the last couple of years to allow for the success you're having right now? Um, Well, just looking back um, to my freshman year to now, um, I kind of have stepped up in a leadership role. And I want to thank like Jayla, who was here, my senior. She was a senior when I came in. And I kind of want to be similar to her. Um, I just remember my senior year in any tight situations, they'd give the ball to Jayla and everybody would kind of give a sigh of relief. Like, oh, Jayla, you know, the ball is getting set to Jayla. Like, we're good. She's going to put this ball away. So kind of just being somebody that – even on and off the court that my teammates can rely on was really important to me this year. Um, and I feel like it's reciprocated in, on both sides. It's like we're just a very reliable team, whether it comes from, you know, the freshman carrying waters in the gym to who's making the game-winning serve, you know? Oh, no doubt about it. And Jayla Tolbert, somebody, we, we had Marissa Serco on a couple of weeks ago, and I asked Marissa about Jayla Tolbert and the impact that she had on Marissa because Marissa moved from a middle blocker to a right side throughout her career. She's one of the, she's regarded as one of the best players in program history. So what was that like for you as an underclassman to learn from one of the best in Jayla Tolbert? Oh man, I learned a lot of things from Jayla. Jayla just had um a swag to her that you just like wanted to be like her. You're like, wow, like Jayla went up there and just like crushed that ball or whatever. It's it's like literally like my freshman year, I was like, wow, I want to be like her. She was just amazing on and off the court. Like she was a very vocal leader and a physical leader. And that's kind of like who I aspired to be eventually. And I feel like I've kind of gotten a flow and seen, you know, like now, like how she came about herself and how she did have that cool swag to her that just like made everybody love her. You're like, wow, I feel like setters wanted her to set the ball. And I feel like as an opponent, people were scared to, you know, defend her slides because she was lethal off of one foot. 
Um, but yeah, Jayla really like was a star for this program for so long. I remember even when I committed, I was like, wow, number four is really crazy. Like she's really good. I want to be like that. And she was part of the reason why I committed, you know, just hearing her story and her background here and how she kind of like was a, a part of like ACC as a whole, not just Virginia Tech. So that she was really, um, somebody I aspired to be. You know, she was so good offensively, but she was also a really great blocker. And you look at this year, you're leading the team in blocks. Marissa Serco is known for her job blocking. It, it feels like you guys defensively at the net have been really good this year. So what can you say about the team's collective effort to block the way you guys have thus far? Um, I think it was kind of just a mindset change because um, we have pretty much the same people we had last year at the net blocking um, and the year before that. It was kind of just like going up and being aggressive, like, on the defensive side, just as the offensive side, you know, like when you think of hitting, you want to get up and put a ball away. Um, so now like changing a mindset to having like an aggressive block, like instead of I want to get up and touch this ball and slow it down for my defense. Now I'm like, no, like I want to get up and block this ball and I want you to feel it. And I want you to feel dumb for trying to hit over on my side. Like that's how I want you to feel. I love that mentality. Very aggressive approach yeah, there. It is very aggressive. And I will say um, it was kind of like um, our new assistant coach, Kevin, kind of gave us that mindset like you should want to block 25 balls per set and I was like yeah you're right I do want to block 25 balls per set just tell me how to do it so I can get out there and do it and just kind of just being a lot more aggressive with my hands at the net has really helped me and like that like that mindset Kevin has given us is just like getting up there and blocking and just having termination blocks after termination blocks. I'm curious, what's a better feeling as a middle blocker when you get a set in the middle and it's a clean kill the exclamation point type of kill or just a clean, pure block at the net? What do you like more? What's more fun to have? Oh, man. A year ago, I would have said a clean kill, but now it's definitely a clean, solid block. Like that feeling of the ball, like touching your hands and then hitting the floor right after, it's just unmatched. And I know like if I ever get blocked like that, I feel like terrible. I'm like, dang, I got to go back and try again. You know, it's, it's a very stressful feeling. So like making somebody else feel like that and stealing their joy, because I feel like when you go up and swing, you're like, oh, yeah, like, I'm definitely going to put this ball away. And then knowing I just shut them down. That's an amazing feel. It's unmatched. Best feeling in volleyball right there is getting a especially one on one. If there's nobody next to me and it was just me and the hitter and I shut you down, I got to go crazy. I'm, my cheering is going to be at max capacity. I thought that the answer would be a clean kill, but now you've got me fired up that I think the block's the way to go. Yeah. So, hey, we're talking about Angel Robinson here on this week's Hokie Sports Insider podcast. Mentioned that you guys are seven and two, off to a great start. Five of your nine matches have gone to five sets this year. And we talked earlier with uh, Coach Byers about this, but you guys are four and one in those five setters. Is that a positive you guys could take away from playing in those tight matches early in a year before the ACC play starts? I would look at it as a positive. Um, two years ago, this team would not take any of those teams to five. We would have just gave up, lost in three or lost in four. So looking at it, that side of things, I'm like, I'm happy that we are comfortable enough to know we can fight and win these games. Um, when we took our loss to North Florida, I even told the team the same thing. I said, this team two years ago, we would have gave up and we would have just let them have it in three. So I'm very proud of our team for coming together and saying like, no, we had a crappy second set or a crappy third set, but now we're going to take it and turn it and we're going to come back and fight and get this next set. Um, it does suck going to five. I'm not going to lie. Like going to five, it'll just kill your body. But um, it is nice to see that like we're kind of turning things around and saying like, no, like, okay, we had a bad set, but let's turn it around and see how we can win and um, just like where we where we can elevate next, whether it's serve, receive, serving, blocking, hitting, like we're always constantly trying to figure out, okay, we lost this set. Now what's next? What can we do better? What can we do better instead of just saying, oh, man, we lost and feeling sorry for ourselves? You know, that that's such an interesting point you bring up about those fifth sets because, you know, it's a lot on the body to play five sets. But I've always wondered as a player, is it exciting to play five? Is it nerve wracking? Is it a combination of both going to play those winner take all fifth sets? Um, I think it's exciting. I'm I get more excited to play to five. But I know that there are some people that get like the nervous, like, oh, man, this sets only to 15. But I feel like it's more exciting, if anything, because it's like, 
okay, the score is like even at this point. Like we're back to zero zero. You won two sets, we won two sets, and the score is set to zero zero. So now we really get to see who's gonna fight for this set and who's gonna like really like work hard and win it. So I find that exciting. I feel like there are like a lot more stressful times and uh, a fifth set just because it only goes to 15 and it's like you really have to focus on the the smaller details to get that win so now we can't miss as many serves Um, we can't have as many hitting errors just because it does only go to 15 which does make it a little nerve-wracking but it's also like I'm the type of person I want to take the risk so it's kind of fun for me Angel you're in your senior year with the program and this is year two that coach Byers and her staff has been here in Blacksburg I'm curious what kind of impact has she had on you both on and off the court since arriving last year oh that's a good question um the coaching staff here has really pushed me a lot on and off the court um they came in and just told me how they saw so much untapped potential and especially my position coach, Kevin, he really like rides me hard on things just because he knows that I'm physically capable of it. And at first I was a little taken back. I was like, why are they yelling at me for this? Like, oh my gosh, it's getting on my nerves. And then I started to see them like they'd yell at me and I would, I would handle it in a different way. I'm like, all right, just so they can shut up. Like, let me just go ahead and do it. And then like off the court, same thing with like grades. Um, I ended with my highest GPA, I think the second semester they were here. And it was just like, them constantly telling me like you know you can get an A on this assignment you know you can do this you know you can do this I'm like can I like can I really do it like they made me question my ability but in a positive way so um with that ever since like they still push me on and off the court like to this day like I can constantly hear Kevin like just saying things in my head like stay loaded or press on the block um and I will say like on the sideline it's it's nice because they're giving me positive feedback and things that help me see like it's like Kevin's like my other set of eyes, if that makes sense. So it's like, if I don't see it, he's going to see it and say something to me. I also think um, they're they're a lot more aggressive in their approach too, which kind of like shakes me up a little bit. Um, I was like, when they first got here, I was taken back. I'm like, wow, like they're actually yelling at people and telling us to go harder. Like that's kind of rude. But I mean, it wasn't because we needed to hear that. And you can tell just from like the start of this preseason that it was something that we needed to hear as a team. That was like, something that was like hard to hear, like, dang, we need to work harder. Like no student athlete wants to be told that, but um, it was the truth and we had to take it and roll with it. And now we're in a lot better position than we ever were since I've been here. So very well said. And I want to congratulate you on your highest GPA because I know how difficult college is firsthand. I can only imagine how difficult it is to be a student athlete and to perform at the peak level on the court and excel in the classroom. What's that like to know that you're crushing it both on and off the court like you are right now? Um, It's an amazing feeling. I never really thought that I would get to a point where I could actually balance out school and volleyball. I've always kind of like struggled with the whole balancing structure of, you know, getting at least six to seven hours of sleep and making the good grades and then also performing at a high level um, at a at a decent pace. So it's honestly an amazing feeling that I never thought I'd feel <laughs> like it feels good to get enough sleep and, um, you know, have a decent schedule to where I am having time to get some studying hours in, but I also have time to get extra reps in off the court as well. Angel Robinson, uh, our guest on the Hokie Sports Insider podcast, a senior from Norman, Oklahoma a long ways away from Blacksburg, Virginia. I'm curious, Angel, because I've never been to Oklahoma. How different is the New River Valley in Blacksburg compared to your hometown? Oh, it is a completely different scenery. Um, Oklahoma is very flat, and we have a lot of dirt. We have dirt storms. We have dust storms. Um, I'm so used to tornadoes and dry weather. So um, I'm pretty sure in Oklahoma, like, it never rains. Like, I don't have a raincoat, never had a puffy coat because it's always hot. So when I first moved here and it rained, it was raining, like, every other day. I was like, what is going on? Like, does it rain like this all the time? I'm, like, concerned because I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, I don't have any rain jackets. I don't have an umbrella. Like, my hair is going to be super frizzy all day. This is terrible. Um, But I honestly like the weather here. I'm not a big fan of snow, though. I still have not gotten used to snow in Blacksburg. As long as I've been here, I still like cannot wait to go home in December just so I can enjoy some 60 degree weather. So was the first time you saw snow, was it here at Virginia Tech? Um, It was one of my first times, actually. Um, I have family that live in Maryland, so I'd see it, you know, like when we go home for Christmas in Maryland. But it wasn't nearly as bad. I think my freshman year we had um, 
what was it? I want to say like 10 to 13 inches of snow. And I looked outside my dorm. I was like, I don't think I've ever been in a situation. And like classes were still going on. I was very much confused. I was like, how am I supposed to get to class? Because in Oklahoma, if there's like one inch of snow, if it starts snowing, they shut everything down. Um, but we also don't have like like stuff like um, the salt that you put on the pavement. We don't have any of that because we don't get a lot of snow. But I was like, wow, this is a lot. And it's coming down fast, but I'm not a big fan of it. It's pretty, but I definitely wouldn't want to be from the outside looking in. And tell our listeners, because I've never seen it on video. I've never experienced it. Can you describe what a dirt storm is in Oklahoma? Oh, yeah. So it's actually very common in Oklahoma because it's very windy and we don't have we have clay and we have dirt. So um, it just gets like really muggy outside and it's kind of like tough to drive in. But it's not as bad as what I'm making it sound like. It's just a whole bunch of dirt and wind. That's pretty much it. So I'm afraid to drive in snow. But I I mean, dirt storm. I don't know. You might have to teach me how to drive in a dirt (laughs) storm. I'm still learning the snowstorm part, too. Um, But you're a long ways away from home here in Blacksburg, Virginia. How were you first recruited to Virginia Tech? Like, when did you know that you wanted to come halfway across the country to the East Coast and play here? Um, I've always felt like um, like your your early 20s is like the time to travel and move around just because um, I don't have any kids. I don't have a husband. I don't have a boyfriend. So there's nothing like holding me to a certain area. So once I realized that and I knew um, home is never going to change, home is always going to be where my parents are. So if they decided to up and move to, I don't know, Nebraska, it would still be home. So I wasn't very stressed out about um, moving very far. It was just like putting my name out there and like letting these colleges know like, hey, I'm not scared to be far away from home because it, Oklahoma is far. I have a whole time zone difference between me and my parents. Um, so... I ended up reaching out to my one of my favorite club coaches and she got me she pretty much like helped me get recruited from further schools because a lot of my offers were only from schools from like Texas, Kansas, Arkansas area. And I was like, no, like I want to see what else is out there. So. So where have you not traveled before that you'd like to travel to sometime in your life before, like you mentioned, life kind of gets in the way because you're right. You want to travel when you're young and you've got the time to do it. So I actually haven't been um, like a northerner ever. I've always kind of been in like the southern states like Oklahoma, Texas, um, Georgia. So one place I actually really do want to like make a pit stop in is like maybe New York, New Jersey, somewhere up north. But once again, I'm kind of scared because I know it snows. So we'll see if I ever make it up there. Well, you just go to New York in the summertime, you know, that, yeah. that, that'll work. Um, Angel, I'm curious. Take me back to when you were a kid. Did you always play volleyball growing up? Did you play other sports? And when did you know that you were really passionate about the game of volleyball? Oh, man. So growing up, I actually did a lot of things. I was in gymnastics. Um, I ran track and I played basketball alongside with volleyball. And um, I actually really enjoyed basketball more than I enjoyed volleyball. But um, I just hated basketball's conditioning I just remember running like miles on miles on miles in high school I'm like why are we running miles every day um I didn't really realize I wanted to play collegiate volleyball until like my sophomore year in high school um so I actually started my recruiting process for collegiate volleyball very late but um the biggest sign that I had was me making varsity as a freshman um and I always me and my high school coach talk about this all the time but Um, she kind of just told me like my freshman year, she just put me underneath her wing and really like guided me. And then my sophomore year is when I committed to playing club for a better club team, but, um, it was just like a longer commute. So I think my commute to practice was like, I want to say an hour, just one way. So once I made that commitment, that's when I was like, okay, I think I want to play on the next level because the club team I was playing for, like we were number one in the state. And I was like, okay, like if I'm going to commit to this club team, that means there's going to be a lot more people coming to games, a lot more recruiters. So that's when I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to stick with volleyball. And then I quit all my other sports. Wow. That's amazing. And by the way, if you still love basketball, you know, Tasha 
Vipond on your team played basketball in college at Lafayette College before coming to Virginia Tech. We talked about this earlier with Coach Byers, so I'd like to see a game on one-on-one between the two of you. Oh, Tasha definitely is going to beat me in basketball. That's no doubt, but I would give a lot of effort to the game. You'd have the heart. Yeah. No doubt about that. <laughs> um, Angel, I really appreciate your time here, over 20 minutes in, but I, I want to circle back to the season real quick because you guys have uh, a weekend at home coming up, a home tournament, and then, of course, ACC play starts. You guys have had so much success to start the year. What should Hokie Nation know about this team specifically and what it's like to play for this squad this year? Um, if there's anything I'd want like everybody to know about the Virginia Tech volleyball team is – we're putting in a lot of effort to change this program around. Um, if you look in our gym, there's like not a lot of banners for volleyball, but that is subject to change this year. Um, and I have so much excitement for these underclassmen here. Um, I think even after I leave this program, like we're still going to be on the uprise. Like we're an uprising team with um, a new head coach, new teammates, and we're really working hard. And Every fan that comes is just very appreciative of them just because we have been working since July. Um, We've been here, it feels like forever now, but it's nice to see that, like, finally our wins are coming. We're starting to fight more. This is definitely a changing program, and it's changing in the right way. I, a couple of weeks ago when I talked to Marissa, it's funny, she used the term unfinished business when she came back for one year. I know you guys came in around the same time together. I know you guys, as this senior class, really want to go out on top to finish out your careers, right? That is that is 100% correct, and I will make sure, and if I have anything to do with it, me and Riz will definitely make sure we come out with a bang for ACCs. So we close every Hokie Sports Insider interview with anybody who's on for the first time with the same question. So I'll close with this with you, Angel. What does it mean to you to be a Hokie and be part of this community? Oh, man, that's a tough question. I feel like I've gotten asked that question so many times being here, but there's like so many answers you just want to give. Um, what's it like being a Hokie? I would say... Um, just giving max effort 100% of the time in the classroom, off the classroom. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you know, as they say, what's a hokey? I am. You hear that every now and then. <laughs> at orient- it's been a minute since we've been in a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in orientation, that's what they ask all the freshmen. But no, that's a great answer right there. And I know Hokie Nation is thrilled that you came from Norman, Oklahoma to be part of this community here in Blacksburg. Thanks for all that you do, Angel, and best of luck the rest of the way. We appreciate it. Thank you. That'll do it for episode number six of the Hokie Sports Insider Podcast. As always, want to thank you for stopping by and listening each and every week. Love the opportunity to get to talk to different coaches and players. I want to extend my deepest thanks to Coach Marcy Byers for her time and Angel Robinson. Both great conversations, both great Hokies, and again, appreciate their time coming on the show this week. A reminder, tweet at me. I'm at Evan K. Hughes on Twitter. If you have an interview idea or anything that can make this podcast better in the future as we are always trying to improve, feel free to tweet at me. If you wouldn't mind, give us a review and be sure to listen to all the other great content that we have across HokiePod with Tech Talk Live and it's audio podcast form on Tuesdays, Hokies Game Plan, John Laser, Mike Burnup talking with coordinators Justin Hamilton and Brad Cornelson each and every Thursday at 12 o'clock. Again, thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Hokie Sports Insider Podcast. Hope you can join us for next week's show as we continue to talk about all the great things going on in Virginia Tech Athletics. Evan you saying so long. Thanks as always for being Hokies and have a great weekend. Virginia Tech fans, we'll talk to you next Wednesday.